bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. You know, I got to scream at Tory. What did did Tory leave? I'm gonna holler at him. He always be closing out the talking text line, and I be looking for the talking text line. Yeah, it's Monday. That I, I had nothing else to complain about, so I got I got to find something to complain about. 833-212-1017 is the number. It is. Six days, and then it'll be Christmas, and it'll be wonderful, and it'll be stupendous, and we'll have a great time. So, 833-212-1017 is the number. I got to move all this stuff around. I ain't been here all weekend. You can give us a call if you got anything on your mind. What's going on? I got so much stuff. So, I had to think about, you know, as we come towards the end of the year, um, I start thinking about what's going on um, and what's coming in the next year. (sighs) I got some more news, some things that are happening in the news, some things that are just making me (sighs) not very positive at the end of the year. I'm trying to go out positive, but it's not working out. So, here's the deal. 
And it's a question I have to ask you. And it's really simple. Do you have a tendency to do stuff for attention? You know, sometimes people call the radio station and they they want attention. They they want uh, people to hear them say something. They have, you know, flamboyant comments and sometimes they use profanity. We've got to dump them and then. Matter of fact, if you could do me a favor and find Kyle, because I, I need to know the thing again. Okay. So, what I'm starting to find is that letting go of attention-seeking behavior can really improve your relationship with people that you know. But keep in mind that a certain level of attention for people to get is natural for anybody, right? Children do it. Adults do it. Um, The issue is whether or not it causes issues in your life. Does it prevent you from finding more productive ways to respond to things that are challenging. You ever you ever been with those kind of people who walk in the room and they want everybody to see them and they walk and they dance and they they do all sorts of things to make people, oh, they're here. Oh, it's great. Well, I think one thing you need to do is one, if you want to let go of it, it's 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 a number of things you're going to have to do. There's a difference between identifying attention-seeking behavior and actually doing something about it, right? It's, it's hard when we know that we do something that's, you know, we like to do it, but it's not the right thing to do. So there, there's a difference in identifying, yes, I'm really bad. It's like the person who smokes, who knows they shouldn't smoke, but yet they still smoke. Well, identifying the fact that you smoke is different from actually dealing with you smoking. And it's the same with attention seeking. One, you have to look for external signs. External signs might be easy to spot, um, exaggerated displays of emotion on your part, uh, consistently seeking approval, reassurance, difficulty dealing with frustration or criticism. You might have an might have a you might have a tendency to take inappropriate risks or focus too much on your physical appearance. How do I look? How are my nails? How's my hair? How's my tie? Is my suit cold? What about my shirt? But then you really need to secondly underlying causes need to be identified. It can be challenging to get in touch with your own feelings that prompt you to want other people to seek you. But it's critical to make positive change. And so sometimes this conduct can be linked to what what is what it has been linked to with me, insecurity or neglect. I'm not going to say which one. But think about that. You have to be pretty self-aware to recognize that you're you're being, you know, a bit of a pain because now you want everybody to look at you and see you and say hello to you and so on and so on. And so then how do you deal with seeking behavior? Number one, address the underlying cause. It's kind of simple. If you're feeling insecure in a romantic relationship or work is too much. Now, you know, the underlying cause and where you need to take action. Number two, develop more positive approaches. 
to pursuing what you need. In other words, get a constructive solution. Don't just, I'm going to do this, the first thing that pops in your head. I see a lot of new leaders, right, that when things happen, the first thing that pops into their head, that's what they do. They don't think it through. And what they end up doing is sabotaging themselves and then causing negative attention about them. Number three, monitor your emotions. I don't know how else to say that. Monitor your emotions. If you try to reflect on your thoughts and emotions before you react, that alone would probably give you good peace of mind. Can't say probably. It'll give you peace of mind. Number four, examine your physical appearance. It's okay to want to look nice, but it's not okay to constantly, well, we see it with certain generations that are in the phone all the time. So here couple years ago, three, four years ago, I was with an organization. And they had a day party. So I went to the day party. And so when I went to the day party, I came through a different entrance to get in. And all the people in the day party in the back in the room were older, mostly men and women, right? I'm talking 40 and up. We're all in the back where the party was. So I started to look around and went, wow, it's a lot of guys in here. I mean, like, there's a lot of guys in here. Where are the women? Like, it's supposed to be a day party, right? Well, came to find out that the majority of the women were sitting at the bar up front by themselves with each other, every single one of them. I had to, I think I might have stopped counting at about eight or nine. They were all in their phone, primping themselves. How would you even notice somebody's looking at you or somebody wants to look at you or talk to you when you're paying so much attention to yourself? It looks like an obsession. It's just bizarre. Number five, stop exaggerating difficulties. If you fall into the habit of playing the victim, stop. Small things are not catastrophes. You'll get over it. It's not that big of a deal. In other words, keep your emotional response proportionate to the problem. You ever know people that just blow up about everything? Oh, my God, it's going to be so terrible. Only to find out later it was really nothing and it could get fixed easily. Number six, evaluate risk a little carefully. You ever notice people that go from one volatile relationship to the other? They keep dating the wrong people, keep seeing the wrong people. That's called habit. I know you need excitement. I know she's fine. But if she got so much drama that there's drama everywhere she goes, she's probably not for you. If he left a string full of women that don't like him and got restraining orders against him, he's probably not your one. Translate that to CCAP is your friend. I'm just saying. And finally, you have to learn that inside your head, learn when to ignore yourself and when to reward yourself. Stop giving yourself rewards for things that are just like basic. You woke up and went to work today. Like, really? I should get a raise because I've been here a year. Really? Haven't done anything. Nothing new. Nothing exciting. I should get promoted and get a title. For what? Haven't lit any fires or done anything. 
And, and that voice in your head that keeps telling you to say and do stupid stuff, ignore it. Just ignore it. Because in the end, if you decide to pay inappropriate attention to your own thoughts and your own emotions, you'll become too theatrical and then nobody wants to be around you. But then on the other hand, you have to recognize and reward yourself when you discover something you did actually works. Because figuring out all this, as you go into the new year, let go of all that drama that you bring with yourself. It's tiring. Stop it. And if there's anything I can leave you with, it's only two words. It's kind of simple. Been saying it the whole time. Let go. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. You know I sent you an email with music on it. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist for five o'clock. Well, I don't know. See, I think you should go back and play what you were supposed to play at the at the. Kyle would come kill us, wouldn't he? Okay, that's all right. <laughs> I'd be like, why, why are you playing this music? Oh well. I'm just upset because you you just play you just play better music and and the fact that I sat with you for an hour and didn't say a word but that's you know <laughs> you're not giving you trouble right you know I was okay like I was upset about music now, see now you got to let it go now nah. you ain't never heard this before have you come on now nah. you ain't old enough for that. Right. You only know the sample. You ain't got, you don't know what you listening to. Because this ain't even a cold part. Right there. They don't make music like that no more. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Isaac Hayes. Now that we back the right way. Old school. Boomer way, baby. Not that Jack Leg millennial garbage music. (laughs) 833-212-1017 is the number. (laughs) See? See? 
Derek even got it. Derek's like, walk on by. See, they, see that's what I'm talking about. Instant recognition. <laughs> DZ said, oh, I, I know that from the sample. I'm like, yeah, but you don't know the song. Like, what's it from? Walk on by Isaac Hayes. Old Dion Warwick cut. If you see me walking down the street and I start to cry each time we meet, walk on by. Man, they don't make music like that no more. Come on. 833-212-1017 is the number. I I I took the unfortunate um opportunity to go through all of the news that was going on today. And I, I made the mistake of looking at all of the stories that were coming out of Milwaukee this weekend. And let me tell you about my day. First of all, from Thursday, 6 o'clock a.m. till Saturday, 6 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time, basically every county that can hear us is a winter storm watch. It's supposed to snow. I don't know how many inches we're supposed to get. Oh, six inches of snow plus blizzard conditions, gusting up to 50 miles an hour. Uh, I guess I won't be going anywhere. I think I might be doing my show from home. (laughs) And that's not going to happen. I'll be here. All right. So I wake up this morning. It's been a long weekend. It's been a crazy two weeks. Here, there, in and out of town, travel, all this stuff, trying to get all uh, everything done. And I, I go do what I'm doing, and then I say, you know what? I'm gonna go home because I've been I've been doing so much stuff. I haven't done the wash, so I did the wash. So I thought I did. So as I'm driving home, I'm driving down this street, right? Get off the expressway, driving down the street. And I see, you know how your steering wheel, I have a leather steering wheel, and then I have metal and wood in my steering wheel. Well, not wood, more, more so plastic, but it's, it's, it's a high-level steering wheel. we put it like that. Does that make sense? I drive a foreign car, an import. You ain't got to be so quick on the bell. So <laughs> I... I I'm I'm driving and I look and so what what had happened was the heat that blows out of the heater hit the back of the steering wheel so the metal piece that's over it that make it look like it's metal but it's really just that thin metal stuff it it started curling up on one part and I could see the glue coming out of it so I said oh okay so I pushed it down and then I started driving. Light turns green. I started driving. I looked down again. I'm like, why is that like that? So I started rubbing it and smoothing it down. And I rub it. And the last time I rub it, I go, ow. And I scratch myself. And I look down. I got a little cut. I was like, oh, okay. I'm driving. About seven, eight minutes later, I go to turn. And when I turn, I see something fly past me. You know, like a raindrop will fly past you. Like, boop. And I was like, what was that? And I looked down at my hand. Evidently, I had cut my third finger on my right hand, the middle finger, and 
it started out light and got deeper and deeper and deeper. And after about a half inch, three quarters of an inch, I got you where you could peel it back. And I'm looking at it, and there's blood running down. I can't even see the ring on my finger. The blood is running down my hand into my shirt, onto my – and I was like, hmm, I should probably go home and watch and watch that, right? All right, I'm near home. I'll just go home and wash it. So you know me, <laughs> Curious Ken, looks at his finger and goes, oh, wait a minute. There's another cut and another cut and another cut. Oh. Okay. And then I moved my finger back like this and it opened up and blood wouldn't stop. I was like, okay. Kept going, got on I-94, went to the hospital. Went went to urgent care. I walk in the door. And you know, you, you I got it wrapped up in a napkin. Starbucks napkin, of course, right? So I got it wrapped, I got it wrapped up in a napkin and I look at it and I go, nah, it's fine. Woman sitting at the desk looks at me. Yes, sir, can I help you? Because, you know, I'm person number 9,567 that has come in. I got a cough. I got a. Can I help you? I said, um, I cut my finger. And she gives me the look like, baby, like you're a child. What's wrong with you? You cut your finger. I hold my hand up. You can't see my hand. There's blood running. She looks at me and goes, I'll be with you in a second. <laughs> she leaves. So I'm going back. Kenneth Harris. Okay. I go like I'm in back. Now people that are that are in urgent care are looking at me like, who's who's he? Who this fool? How, how, how come he get to skip to the front? And when I turn and look at him, <laughs> you ever have somebody look at you and they go, ooh, okay, go on. Go. Okay, go bye. Bye. Yeah, you can go first. Blood still running. I get back there. They wash it off. They do all that stuff. And then the guy goes, well, I don't know. Are we going to have to do stitches? I look over. It's a resident. You know, so it's like a student medical doctor. I'm like, (sighs) this ain't going to work. I'm leaving. I ain't never no medical. Some resident. You know, he was about it. It was cool. So I talked to him, told me he went to school, passed his boards, and now he's doing residency, all that. The the attending physician came in. Hey, I remember you from some and so and so years ago. Oh, okay, we're back. And we do all that. And he says, Okay, well, we're not gonna put any stitches in it, even though we should. Like half the cut needs stitches, half the cut. We just gonna use glue. And I look at him like, you ain't put no glue on me. What's wrong with you? Like, what? He's like, well, it's it's kind of like super glue, but, you know, we can just fold the skin over and just glue it. It'll be fine. So I think, okay. Didn't burn or anything. I was like, bet. The thing that upset me is three different people came in, so I'm going to get three different bills from three different people. That's what upset me. So then I go in. They take care of it. I drive home. I took a picture of it, of course, before and after the bandage, because you know me. Hey, look, I got a, like I was just talking about drawing attention to yourself. Hey, look at this. I got a, that's how I was talking about it. Look at this. I got a cut on my finger. Guess what happened? I look up. It's 1230. I'm like, dude, I got to be there at such and such a time. <clears throat> I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn on Hulu, set my alarm for an hour, wake up, brush my teeth, gone roll out the door. Bet. Five minutes. Bing. What was that? My phone. Bing. Huh? Bing. I look over. Every camera around my house is going off. Bing. 
person saying bing, person saying bing. I'm like, what? I go outside, I hear, oh, and in the distance, I hear squad cars. I was like, oh, okay. Look out. Somebody hops the back fence, runs through the yard, hops to the next yard, runs through, boop, goes to go out, cops catch him. <sighs> like, this is my day. Can I just get some rest? I'm like, oh. I can't, I can't win. I finally said I'm done. I'm getting up and I'm going. Then I left. And that was my day. I can't get through this day without some drama. And I thought, okay. Now, now, now granted, I've bled worse than that. But the fact that my entire hand was full of blood, I get home thinking everything's cool. Somebody starts running through the yard and then the cops chase him. It's ridiculous. That is my day. And then I thought the day was bad. And then I logged into the news. And for the weekend, I saw fatal shooting, shooting, shooting. And then I go through the news and I look for all the newscasts and the where, where's the complaints of where, where's the protests? Where's where's the. The, 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 the aldermen and women standing up. Where are the state reps? Where are the... Nothing. We'll spend more time complaining about snow that's coming tonight that's light than we will about a four-year-old that died near 22nd and National. We'll spend more time pontificating about Christmas than dealing with a child that was brought to a hospital for treatment with a male and a female 29-year-old, quote-unquote, caregivers who were taken into custody for abuse and homicide. And I don't understand why we're spending all of our time talking about how great the city is and we haven't fixed the city. Where no one complains about anything. We complain about other people complaining about us. And when it comes time for us to complain about us and do something about it, we don't. And so now, right before Christmas, instead of it being silly, like you got your finger cut and looking at stuff around your house, you have to deal with the fact that nobody is complaining about a four-year-old that died from abuse. Nothing. Zero. But let them think the police did something wrong to the two people. Let them think the DA or the justice system was bad for the two people. Then they'll come out and complain. I don't know what we're going to do, but this, these last two weeks will be interesting. Truth Roundtable is tomorrow. We're going to try to avoid talking about homicides all year. 
But what can we do? What should we do? 833-212-1017 is the number. What should we do? What should we do? Because I don't know. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. music like that. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. I just had some Isaac Hayes in me this afternoon, so I had to just rock with some Isaac. 833-212-1017 is the number. Before the break, I was pontificating, uh, ruminating, all around being bombastic about what's going on in the city. Shooting, 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 shooting. And then a four-year-old dies. Bill said, no one addresses the root cause of crime in America, which is the breakdown of families and role models. So, Bill, I'm going to ask you, why do you say that? Why do you say the breakdown of the family and role models is the reason? I would say that it's part of the reason, but I would not give it a definitive breakdown of the family because you haven't defined to me what the breakdown is and what role models are needed. Because in each instance, I can give you a significant number of people that where it is statistically significant that people that are growing up outside of what we call the non-broken down family with zero role models have actually made it. 
have actually moved forward and gone and because I'm one of them. Because my sisters, my cousins, they're one of us. We've, we've like all graduated from college. We all went to college, got advanced degrees. All of us, not some, not a few, all. So I need a little more context, a little more information about that, because there were too many other people that have gone through and made it who came from single family homes, came from few role models, and they've made it. And I'm not talking about black people because we always tend to point to black people when we think um, broken down homes and, and role models and all that as if white people don't have broken homes and white people don't um, have a lack of role models. Bill said, we will agree to disagree, so let's just throw more money at the issue and it will never get solved. See, again, you're coming up with things, but you're not really defining what it is. You keep you you have this idea of what something is, and this is what the problem is. If you come up with a solution to something you think is the problem and it's not, you're wasting time and money. We keep saying it's the broken home, but show me the statistics that show for the people who make it, that they're all from, quote unquote, good homes that aren't broken. Because I know a lot of people that I've put in jail, a lot of people I've watched go to prison that are from two-parent households, decent. And I remember going to the house where the person said, right before I arrested him, what do you do? I'm a CPA. And he had just battered his wife. So stuff like that happens all over the place. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. Sandra, you're on the new one zero one seven. The truth. Hi, Doctor Ken. How are you? It's me again. Shocking. How are you, ma'am? <laughs> I am fine. How are you today? I'm good. Good to hear your voice. It's good to hear yours. And sorry about your incident. Eh, eh, I'm not a baby. I live. (laughs) I know. You didn't wrap it up and squeeze it? If I did that, I'd still be at the hospital bleeding. But what's on your mind? Stop the blood. Nah. Well, I thought if you apply pressure, you stop the bleeding. Not true? I'm not a a medical doctor. That's what I... I'm not a medical doctor. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not either, but yes, ma'am. You know, I mean, I see some of them tied tourniquets if you know they shoot out enough blood. But <laughs> I don't anyhow, know if, you were speaking about. Huh, go ahead. I don't know if a tourniquet gonna do it, but okay, go 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 right ahead. You were saying <laughs> you might get your finger trying to choke me. I know, I know. <laughs> oh well, we could think. You know, we could always try to come up with something. Um, Anyhow, you were just speaking of the crime, and, um, you know, I always uh, have to call in about the crime and stuff and what we should do and that kind of stuff. But, like, you know, I think by this city being bled out for years and years, it's going to take a lot. It's just not going to happen overnight. But I think we already know that. But what's not going to happen overnight? 
But what's not going to happen overnight? Well, you could fix the city where investors can invest and sell property like they do out in the suburbs. Well, why wouldn't we do that? They make good money. But why wouldn't we do that to well, our city? Why do we got to? Why do we have to wait for somebody well, else to come do it? We have to. Well, you got to group together, put the money together. I don't. <laughs> it'll be hard for one person to do it, but you got to get corporations like they got. If you How get one get person them? that bought one piece of property, that's called their house. We could do it. Right. Okay. You don't need a corporation. So what for if that. you get a group? Why we need what a group? What if you get a group of people? Because they're not going to agree. Well, it's and easier. They go all... To me, it's easier to advance if you can put more money into business, a business like that. Okay. And a lot of times, and in fact, when people get a business and they do good, they don't want to live here anyways. I told you about the guy next door to me. He got the liquor store, and he didn't want to. Li- he didn't want to uh, buy his home down here. But that's not true of everybody. That's that's not true of everybody. I know a significant number of people that actually stayed and live in the city, and they work and they have good jobs. Well, but but where do they live? They're not really right here where I am. Okay. Does that matter? So where do they live? Does that matter? Yes, it does. You why? certainly need a tax base. So, so why is it? So why is it we? So why is it we tear people down because they make money? They want to move out of an area that's crime ridden and make sure their family stays safe and do all those things that that can help create that that can that that take that that helps them get generational wealth and help their children and grandchildren go to good schools and all that. Why is it that people complain about that? Like I don't understand. I don't complain. I'm just That's what you're doing. You're complaining nice about enough it. enough to re- open up a liquor store. He can move his family down here. Why not? Why should he have to? And if you move, if you if you got a business, why you should can he have to promote the area? Why should he have huh? to? Why should he have to? He don't have to, but I call them pimps because they're pimping the people that don't have. Don't buy the and liquor. I don't like that. Don't buy I don't the liquor. Like How about that? Okay. All right. All right. Yes, ma'am. I do that. I do that like that attitude. And then the thing is, even though they want to look out for generational wealth, you still got people. And Tori Lohan about it all the time. How he's out there trying to help the people, and we need more people to help the people that's really got it. Like businesses, if he's making good money off of the people here, and he can build him a house out in Brookfield, mm-hmm. well, why don't you come down and help the people? Besides, and what they do is they have their own family working for them. They're not really helping the people. Okay. They're making sure they have generational wealth, but flag you. But that's the whole point. That's the attitude I get out of well, it. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I'm just telling you the way I feel because that's the way they feel and that's the way they act. They crowd in the car and go out of here. They don't pick up paper. You got to go there and tell them to pick up paper. I bet you his Brookfield house got paper picked up. Okay. All right, but we got to run because we're way behind. Okay, then I'll talk to you later. All right, take care. Bye-bye. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
came across the music and just had to go back and show these uh, <clears throat> youngins today what the world really is about, that the world really is a ghetto. When we come back in the five o'clock hour, I've got <laughs> five or six talking texts that I have to get to, but <sighs> when you when you think about what's going on, how unfortunate Here's, here's what upsets me about what Sandra says. You ready? She's right. That's what upsets me about what she says. That you have to plug in, kick in, and get things done together. We can do it individually. We just have to do the same thing as individuals. If everybody's going to buy property in Milwaukee and own it and run it and take care of it, then that's what we need to do. We don't need to get together and all own the property together because you know what's going to happen when anybody get together, regardless of race and gender, they start to get to arguing and bickering and then it breaks all down. But if you would just take care of yours, your family, your kids, imagine what the world would be. This is from the 1970s. All of this music that we're going to be listening to today. That's going to really, really help you think as we go into tomorrow's Truth Roundtable. Where will Milwaukee be? And that's one of the questions we'll have. 833-212-1017 is the number. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 